Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And if you're listening for the first time, this is the best podcast for publishing and marketing tips, motivational quotes, and tons of advice and ideas on the craft of writing itself based off of great and awful movies. And what movie are we doing today? Dante's Peak. One of my favorite movies. Very 90s. Very 90s. Well, it's not very as 90s as, say, 10 Things I Hate About You. No, it, it's not. <laughs> um, we are recording in the middle of the day on Wednesday, someday in July. What's July, the, July 24th. And our kids are watching Popeye, the official, the original Popeye. I don't know if they've redone it or anything like that, but they're, they're in love with him. They decide they wanted to try spinach to see if they could get stronger. And then when they realized what spinach really was and that they've already tried it before, they were disenchanted. <laughs> We've got the baby with us again. So he's grinning at daddy. Anyway, so we probably will get interrupted, but hopefully not. Um, Nolan, any updates from you? Uh, started some more drawing. Uh, you're doing one for my Patreon supporters right now, right? Uh, multiple, yes. Okay, multiple for my Patreon supporters? Well, I mean, uh, we haven't released the other ones. Oh, that's true. No, the most recent one we haven't done. Yes, we have. We did the portal. No, the one after that. The Nikon. That. The Nikon's not till October. So. Still working on it. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, my updates, those Facebook ads that I started to figure out which book cover I should use for Shadow Profit. I've been going for two days, and I've got some... I've got some um, interesting results so far. Not enough for us to be able to make a good decision, but so far the one that has the dagger has is 32 cents a click and has 33 clicks. The one that is just the magic has is 29 cents a click and has 36 clicks. And the one with the man on it, who we actually we actually thought this would be the one that would end up doing the worst, is doing the best. And it's 27 cents a click and 39 clicks. And by the way, it is also hitting my target audience almost perfectly. Let me double check that really fast. Um, so yeah, so it is hitting women, which is my target audience. And then the, well, it's hitting the ages 35 to 34 a little bit heavily still, but it is still getting, uh, doing decently on all of the other ages, unlike before where it was only the younger ones. Uh, and this is interesting, Nolan, my, the one with just the magic on it, look at, look at that age spread. Hmm. I've never had an ad do that before. Yeah. So for the listeners, I have moderate amounts of clicks on every age until you get 65 plus, And then it's more than twice what the other ones are, which is kind of random. I've never had that happen before. So apparently older people enjoy that magic. <laughs> and the one with the dagger has, it is again, it's mostly females, which is good because I already know that women read my books more than men. And then this one has a good spread in ages as well. So interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see which one ends up winning in two days because just because the one of the man is winning now does not mean that in two days he won't. Sometimes we are surprised by one that pulls ahead. Uh, one thing that is interesting though, is I have gone up in two days from five pre-orders to 10 pre-orders. And so these ads are, I don't know which one's doing it, but these ads overall are more effective than the other ones by way of pre-orders. And so even though they're getting higher cost per click, if they're actually going to download, then it's worth more to us. Yeah. So this episode will actually go live while I'm in the hospital with my dad for his heart surgery. And like I said in the last episode, not sure how things are going to go. If everything goes fine, we will continue doing the podcast. Obviously, if anything happens and we don't have an episode for a little while, then you'll know why. 
and obviously we're hoping things do go okay. Um, you want to go ahead and give us the quote. It's not about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Rocky Balboa, a fictional character from the Rocky series, film series. Uh, I would say that is not what it's about. I would say don't get hit if you can help it. <laughs> um, everybody gets hit. Only so many hits you can take before you get brain damage and slurred oh, speech. Geez. You're so literal. Just for this quote, usually you're not so literal. Anyway, yeah, so, I mean... Keep moving forward, but also try not to get hit. It's true. I mean, our goal is to not fail ever. Yeah. Our goal is to succeed all the time. Don't ignore getting hit. Yeah. And like what he doesn't, I mean, that's a very abrasive, not abrasive, but very point value, like face value type thing to say. You learn from your mistakes so you don't get hit more, you know? I'm going to go ahead and give the tip for today. We're still talking about reviews. So ask for reviews on Facebook, Twitter, etc. Let me see if I've got in here. Oh, I, I don't. Okay. But use search for hashtags that have to do with book reviewing and review team and arc book, arc copies and things like that. And there's, and tell people that you'll give them a free copy of your book. If they'll post an, of your ebook, that's important because there are people who think you'll send mail them a free book. Uh, if they'll post an honest review. And you can tell them whether that should be on Amazon or whatever. Uh, you can also Google BookBub's article that's titled Six Ways to Get More Readers to Review Your Book. And that's got some good stuff in it. And that's pretty much it for today on the quote or the tip. Sorry. Uh, let's go ahead and start into the movie. Nolan, sir, do you want to give us um, a quick setup? One sentence setup? Um... Volcanologist says a volcano's gonna erupt, no one believes him that it does, and then they all die. <laughs> they all don't die, but a lot of people do die. A lot of um, extras from the city die. Yes. Or a town, I guess. It's not really a city. Of a town of under 20,000! Second place. In what? The national contest. Best places to live. Town under... 20,000. Was it 20,000? It was 20,000. Yeah. And Nolan was like, way to add that modifier. Make it yeah. not so special. It sounds like it's like smaller. Like, for times are you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you won a book cover contest for... I won an award. Best book uh, of young adult um, angst teen drama of girls who are in reverse harems and are in love with guys with brown hair. Yay, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> and there are book awards that are like that out there, you know. So, yeah, good point. And Nolan was like... Like, way to, way to change the award from exciting to not exciting. <laughs> it was not as exciting. No. It was not. I agree with that. Maybe it's more legit, but, you know. All right. Let's talk about the opening scene. Uh, how well does it do to introduce us to the movie? It's fine. It's a volcano erupting, so you get right to that. Yeah. With um, action right away. Uh, and then uh, the main character loses somebody. Important to him. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cute girl dies, gets beamed in the head by a giant fiery rock. It's not too um, realistic. No, but I mean, that happens. I mean, it does. Burning realistic, I mean, her injury. Yeah, she like gets, she has like blood on her forehead, but no giant hole in the top of her head. And, and she then... does turn, and so you would be able to see it. I mean, it was a rock that's like fist sized. Yeah. Anyway, well, I don't want to see her brain, so that's fine, I guess. <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much the opening film, is like they're trying to get out. Of that set of a, a volcano erupting scenario. It was in Asia, wasn't it? Colombia. Colombia. Oh, that's right. Yes. And um, she doesn't make it. Yeah. So it it sets the scene though very well for mm -hmm. the that's book. That's the tone. That's the tone of the 
or the plot of the movie is he tries to he's overly cautious or his co-workers believe he's being overly cautious because he lost somebody cares important to him in the future so he always he's always assuming the worst can happen mm-hmm. because the worst has happened to him yeah yeah and that's pretty much what it is is him trying to prove that the volcano is going to erupt despite I don't want to say despite evidence, because there is evidence that's inconclusive. Yeah, there's evidence for a lot of volcanoes so, that don't erupt. And so he wants to err on the side of caution. And by the time it's definitive, it's too late to evacuate. Yeah. And so yeah, he's trying to convince his boss to set out an alarm, uh, evacuate the city. And the, his boss says, no, we're not going to. It'll ruin the city. Because he's done it because they called it um, too early as well. And then the town... And the volcano didn't go off that in time. And the town and, suffered as a result. Yeah. So there's legitimate concerns both ways. Exactly. Which is a good diam- uh, di- What's the word? Dynamic. Yeah. It's good to have, Economy. you know, di- yeah, either. Okay. Um, having the boss who's had the experience where it ruined everything to announce too early. And then him where they didn't get out fast enough. And so there, I do think that the boss's character is a little bit. Um, Stiff and like. Not not stiff. I think he's unyielding. Um, no, he's um too not two sided, two faced. Like he kind of flip flops a bit. He's like, Harry, come in from vacation. We're having some problem. Harry comes into vacation. Harry, you need a vacation. Leave. Yeah. I don't he's like. See I found you. some problems, boss. And he's like, I don't want to hear about your problems. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? <laughs> like, well, fine. I guess I will. Yeah. Don't call me off vacation again. I will be on vacation. Yeah. Like the boss is like, what are the odds of eruption? Thousand to one. And Harry's like 10,000 10, to one. So the boss is a disbeliever. He values, but he values um, Harry's opinion. Paul, the boss, he values Harry's opinion. But should he have, I mean, he's disagreeing with him the whole time. You can value someone's opinion and just still disagree with them ultimately. That's true. But like in a book or in a movie where there's not that much time. For us to... I don't know. If he said, okay, and everyone evacuates, there wouldn't be a movie. So. That's true. <laughs> and you got to have... He's kind of like the antagonist, even though he's not really an antagonist. He's, no. he's antagonistic, but he's not He's not evil or mean. The 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 There's no villain. It's it's man against nature. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, he, there, has, there has to be an, antag- an antagonist to cause there to be a man versus nature conflict. Otherwise, yeah. there wouldn't have been one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... He solves that serves that purpose in a somewhat more uh, heavy-handed and contrived way. Uh, I would say the whole movie is kind of heavy-handed, actually. Yeah. Um, it's it's very well done, though. But it's we like still, this movie. We we really like this. I absolutely love this movie, and I, I still think it holds up. I do too. Yeah, I was. Um, the first time I watched it was when I was in you know high school, so it came out in like ninety something. Yeah. And I was first off very impressed that they got James Bond. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like James Bond. And then I was impressed. I mean, I really liked it. And then watching it as an adult, I still enjoy it, but I do feel like it's a bit heavy-handed here and there. Um, but it's that's okay. I still really like it. Um, there was one point after that opening scene. So she gets she gets killed, and then we go away into a bedroom where somebody's doing something, and Nolan's going zero. He's not. Zero, he's not zero, doing push-ups. Zero. 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 Yeah. <laughs> he has the worst form. Yeah, he's like a foot uh, above the ground in yeah. his lowest point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he's just finishing off with some cheat reps. That's okay, I guess. But 
is not good for him. And his head is the thing that's moving the most. Yeah, which yes. Is not good. Which is, again, cheat. I mean, people at the very end of their push-ups, they, and he didn't have a mirror. He wasn't watching himself. Though the director should have been like, dude, get lower than that. You're James Bond for yeah. crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, your form sucks, Bond. Zero, zero, <laughs> zero. It made me That's laugh. me calling out the reps he's yes. done correctly. What's <laughs> your rep count? Zero. Yeah. Um, okay, so then next we are introduced to Rachel and her daughter, Lauren. And this is something that I've never noticed. Again, I love watching these movies again with a critical eye because I don't pay attention to these details until we're watching it for the podcast. But Rachel's like, Karen? Is it Karen or Kathy? And... What's her face is like, it's Karen. Lauren's like, it's Karen, mom. And she's like, where's my jacket? You don't, where's my good jacket? You don't have a good jacket. And then she's like, well, where is it? She goes, hanging over the chair. And she's like, you're going to be late. So Lauren is set up as the responsible one. And Graham and she, the mom is like, well, where's Graham? And Graham's nowhere to be seen. Graham is her son. He's set up as irresponsible. And my question is, does it matter? Does, does Lauren's personality matter? Yeah. I mean, they're a unit. Her children are, are, a character, if you will. Yeah. Because, like, later on, you know, they decide to go rescue Grandma. And but that's he's... both of them, irresponsible and responsible ones. Yeah. So I'm like, my point is, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, like I suppose it doesn't. Like, why do they make Lauren be responsible when, for the rest of the whole movie, she's freaking out, acting like a kid, and her mom's the responsible one? Yeah. That Excuse is, you, is, baby. That is correct. Uh, it's it's a very 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 minor think, thing. I can't think of another scenario where she's the responsible one. Yeah, she's really young to be. I mean, it's fine to have a child that is that responsible, but I feel like this movie, every scene, everything that they've put into this movie, does two things except this. You know, so I mean, if they're trying to show that the mom is hassled, we don't really need to that because she is the mayor of the city. She owns her own small business. And she has two kids. And so we already automatically know she is hassled, you know. But maybe that scene was trying to set it, the stage for her, you know, being hassled. And they didn't have another way to do it. Which in in that case, it's actually effective because it's a very brief scene. And we catch on really quickly that she is, you know, stressed. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about foreshadowing. Okay. How much foreshadowing did you notice? Oh, there's quite a bit. I mean... The first scene is foreshadowing, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's there's all these indications that, you know, his boss and some of the other scientists explain away. Yeah. They're like, oh, the sulfur dioxide. And they're like, well, there's sulfur dioxide all the time. And yeah. Stuff like that. Or there's quakes. Uh, there was 45 quakes today. And, you know. Yeah. They're, they're like, like oh, oh, that's normal. normal. Yeah. Um, let's see. So the boss trusting him, you know, and then not trusting him. That's that's foreshadowing. I mean, he trusts the data he collected, but doesn't trust his conclusion. He thinks yeah. his conclusion is biased about what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get foreshadowing because they have to go pick up Graham from the mine. So we see the mine and we know it exists. So that uh, reduces the deus ex machina for when they get saved by the by the pyroclastic cloud or whatever it's called with the mine. Huh. Um, Ruth, nothing was going on then. Nothing's going on now when they, cause they're like, they came up and tested it when Mount St. Helens blew and you know, nothing was going on then. Nothing was going on there now. And Rachel comments on how it's the best place to live. They get an award for that. I mean, we know that it's not going to be the best place to live anymore. So then we need to blow it up. Yeah, pretty much. Dead squirrels. They're nestled right up like against the mountain, just like Pompeii, you know? 
there right. all the dialogue very 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 good i mean it's foreshadowing pretty much everything foreshadows and and listening to the dialogue there's no filler dialogue this movie does not have there's some awkward dialogue there's fantastic awkward dialogue just like it would have in real life like when she's like i should make us some coffee and he's like i don't want coffee <laughs> <laughs> it's like 10 p.m at night why are you why are you trying to give me coffee <laughs> to keep him up all night yeah wink wink <laughs> no, she was in the. She was distracting him from wink, wink, <laughs> or she was just uncomfortable about wink, wink. <laughs> and let's see, yeah, the dead bodies in the hot springs. There's, yeah, I really, I think this is a very well structured movie, um, with a tiny bit of heavy handedness, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah, Paul is the worst boss ever. You need a vacation, and he was on vacation. I don't want to see you for two weeks again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I need you back. All right. I don't like your conclusion. Go back on vacation. Yeah. His vacation is he's there already, I guess. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, how did you feel about the main, the middle part? I mean, it's, this is a three act structure. So we've got the setup and uh -huh. then we've got the the investigation where they're looking for information and clues and all the signs are there. And then we've got the last act where everything falls apart and they, you know. So how do you feel about the. I thought it went OK. I wasn't bored. Yeah. There is there is death. There's downtime, <laughs> there's, there's but there's casualties. stuff going on. Yeah, they, they, they're like, you know, they have like a, a dinner scene and then like they find some dead bodies and then, you know, they, have, they go on the mountain and then there's an earthquake and someone gets their leg broken. You know, I mean. Yeah, there's stuff going there, on. There, the there's, time. Yeah, exactly. There's there's little bits of things happening. There's risk. Yeah, like people are actually. There's lots hurt. of risk. Yeah, um, some people actually die. Mm -hmm. Just in some of the minor events leading up to the yeah. big one. So, it's not like they just talk, look at readouts on a screen, and then have slice of life moments. You know, in between where he does like magic tricks for the kids. What was the movie we recently watched? Where like was this? No, not Skyline. Where what? Where absolutely nothing was going on, and we were super bored. It was like one that we just did for the Star podcast. <laughs> Star Wars. Episode 8? <laughs> no, it's one we did for the podcast. We talked about how, like, there was nothing really going on. Like, they started off exciting and then nothing happened forever. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But this one is not Star that Star Wars movie. Episode 8, except it doesn't start out exciting either. <laughs> You're so evil. <laughs> um, are you okay if we go on to trivia? Sure. Because I've got lots of good trivia for this. Okay. Um, the volcanic ash was fine newspaper shavings. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. All of the crater scenes were shot at Mount St. Helens. Yeah, I was there. You were there for the, sh the shooting of those scenes? For the eruption in 1981. Oh, you were uh, in Washington? Yeah, we have ash from it. Oh, did you? Jars. Did you fill it? I mean... I was two, so I don't oh. remember. <laughs> um, but, uh, you but were yeah. two? When, no, the big eruption happened while... I mean, was right around the time when my dad went on a business trip up there. That was 1981. Yeah, it was 1980, but what I'm trying to, okay. oh, it must have been a minor, a minor okay. eruption. 1980, I was close. So yeah, I was like two. <laughs> yeah, it was a minor eruption because I remember us going, what the heck? I just remember having these bottles of ash all over the house. I mean, I grew up in that area. Yeah, yeah. In the aftermath of it. So I mean, it was like a big deal for like a long time. A long time after. Yeah, it takes it a long time to clear that up. Still something people talked about. I mean, yeah. it was things that happened and it was 
Current events. Yeah, no, I'm trying to remember. I mean, my dad went on a business trip to Oregon, to Portland, and we went and picked him up. And then a couple weeks or a week after we got back, it erupted. It wasn't a huge eruption, obviously. It wasn't the one. But I thought it was because being, you know, junior high-ish, mm-hmm. that age. Okay, so um, this is interesting. They were racing to release this movie at the same time. Volcano, remember, was coming Volcano. out. Yes. And they ended up getting this one out three months earlier than Volcano. Nice. And they had a better box office success as Nicked a result. Yeah. Yeah, but I like Volcano, too. I think they're both... It's more silly, I think. But... Volcano, it is. This little less realistic. Yeah. Like how they stop the, you know, uh-huh. but it's still, I enjoy that movie. I mean, it's got, what's his face? Tommy Lee Jones in it. Yeah. So he's legit. But so is Pierce Brosnan and Laura, um, Sarah Hamilton or whatever her name is. Okay. Sarah Connor. Yes. Sarah Connor. What is her real name? <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton. What's her first name? Linda. Linda. <laughs> Sarah. Hey, it's Sarah. Okay. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> oh, you should. You shouldn't say that. You should say that. Pierce Brosnan should say it. Oh, it would be pretty cool. Huh? That that's from T two and T two probably. I don't know when that came out. That one was before this one. Yeah, you yeah. should have. That would have been awesome. Okay, most of the film's exteriors were shot in Wallace, Idaho, and Dante's Peak and surrounding scenery were digitally added. Um, though the hills were part of it too. It was just you know. Oh, they used practical special effects, including real world models and full size properties and vehicles. Which is awesome. I think that's... Some of it you can tell is a model. But it's the, the dam is obviously a model when it breaks and yeah. the water rushes down. But uh, most of it's not too bad, actually. It, I think it would look better than CG 30 years later. Mm-hmm. The Agreed. one exception is um, Jurassic Park. That still looks yeah. pretty darn good. Yeah, it does. Because he's practical with computer-generated. Yeah. The Hobbits. Okay, we're not going to talk about that right now. You keep bringing it up. I think you want to watch it and no, talk about it. No, I would rather die. I would rather die. I watched it twice. I was in pain. You watched The Hobbit twice? With you. We watched it I've twice. only watched it no, once. We watched it oh, twice. we watched it twice. Dang it. We need to finish it and do an episode. We watched the first one twice. If you mention it ever again, I will make you do it an episode on it. It was so painful. I, I was like, maybe I didn't give it a fair shake and I'll just enjoy it for the sake of itself and not compare it to... Rock'em Sock, or whatever they're called. <laughs> but it was worse than I remember. Did you hear my threat? Yeah, I heard your threat. And it's an empty threat. It is not an empty threat. Yeah. I will <laughs> I will make you. <laughs> if you bring it up again, you bring it up so much that I think you want to talk about it. I talk about it all the time. That's all, I'm, I'm only able to talk about it in small doses and compare <laughs> okay. things to it about what not to do. All right, back to trivia, because we've got awesome stuff to go over. The dogs that played Ruffy were wolf hybrids. Which didn't look like a wolf hybrid. Um, let's see. Uh, Pierce Brosnan practiced shouting, It's a pyroclastic cloud in front of a mirror for six days before shooting that scene. Because he says it was the movie's key emotional scene and he needed to get the enunciation just right. That's acting. Cloud. I don't even remember him shouting that line. I mean, then he did it right. Apparently. Because if you're like, Oh, this is interesting. You know, when Harry. Is measuring the pH balance of the water. Yes. It's measured at 3.48, which is medium strong acid somewhere between a carbonated drink and battery acid. Yeah. So if he wasn't astonished at that, the regular water being that acidic, mm-hmm. I mean, that should have been a huge, Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was like, that's quite acidic. Um, the camera Pierce Brosnan uses when he's first investigating the volcano is his own camera. Nice. Yeah. 
And just a quick note on naming characters. We've got a Nancy, we've got a Terry, and we've got a Harry. Oh, not good. Not good at all. Oh, yeah, this is interesting. Um, when the volcanic lava begins to destroy the mountain, everybody runs and jumps into the boat. Into the boat. Um, when they are filming it for the first time, the boat sank, and Lauren <laughs> couldn't swim, and Pierce Brosnan had to hold her above the water oh. for like two hours until the crew was able to get her out of the water. Just walk. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he was swimming. He might have actually been swimming. You could have swam to the side by then. It's true. Maybe she was panicking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The details aren't in there, okay? Okay. Uh, the dam took over four months to build, and it was destroyed in moments. Yeah. Such is the fate of models in action movies. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting. Um, just a side trivia note on Paul's character. He actually passed away right after this movie was released. Oh, sad. But his wife, uh, no. okay, so I'm going to read the trivia. It says, Charles' spouse, Barbara, has not remarried. Currently, she and their sons, Seamus and Liam, who is writing this, live in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Interesting. He's like, who is writing this? Um, her identical twin sister is her body double in the Terminator movies. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which I'm like, she's worth less than that. you are, your twin is. Right. So if she gets hurt, then... Uh, she divorced her second husband, James Cameron, after finding out he was having an affair with an actress in the movie Titanic. And guess what? He offered her a role in the movie Titanic, and she turned it down. She should have taken it. She should have taken it. <laughs> uh, but she does actually admit that the divorces, she was divorced twice, that they were her fault because she was verbally and physically abusive to <laughs> both of her husbands. Nice. And due to bipolar, she finally admitted that she had a problem, and she started seeking treatment. And she's grateful she chose treatment and she regrets the illness, the pains that her illness caused others. Um, this is funny. When she was attending Washington College, the professors there told her she had no hope of earning a living as an actress. We hear that a lot. We do. Guess what it means? Universities are not right. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. <laughs> uh, yeah, she sprained her, ac her ankle um, before filming Terminator. And because of all the running she had to do, she suffered. Um, it was permanently damaged and it never healed and she also suffered permanent hearing damage in one ear when she fired a gun in an elevator without using her earplugs on uh, judgment day okay so this is funny she's a registered democrat but she admitted to voting for arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> because it's arnold schwarzenegger hello is probably because they're good friends right i suppose uh, Pierce Brosnan was passed around relatives for years until his mom finally grew up enough to raise him. Isn't that sad? She was a teenager when she gave birth to him. And after being chosen to play James Bond, he wasn't allowed to ever wear a tuxedo in any other film. And that seems to be pretty characteristic of what they do to their actors. Um, but he was considered for the role of Batman in the movie Batman. I don't know. How would it? Do you think... Hey, I think to... he could have been Bruce Wayne easily. Yeah. No, yeah. He'd have to lose the accent. He can't have a British accent. No, sorry. not for Batman. Mm -mm. Uh, by the time he was 11, he was six feet tall. Yeah, I'm not even close. I mean, I am now. I... But not at the age of 11. Holy cow. That is way, way tall. Uh, he has been both the lightest and the heaviest of all the James Bonds. Okay. He was 164 pounds in GoldenEye. And he weighs 211 pounds and die another day. Huh. So they tailor, had to tailor him a couple of different times for. Oh. Interesting, right? He doesn't look that big. Mm -mm. Yeah, so I'm wondering, that's a huge difference. Did he get that swole? <laughs> 1995 through 2002, 164 to 211 pounds. Yeah. 
50 pound weights weight gain over there. It's quite a change. Yeah. Uh, so in addition to his salary for all those James Bond movies, he's been given the cars he drives as James, James Bond. Yes, please. I know. Even the ones that get blown up. <laughs> yes. He's a fan of Doctor Who. Um, he's a professional fire eater. And he actually did he actually did that in Remington still. He was doing that on it was actually him doing that, which is pretty cool. Um, and then last he is severely claustrophobic and had a very hard time filming certain parts of Dante's Peak. You don't say the part yeah. where they get stuck in a car. In a car in a inside cave. of a cave, a mine. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Shall we move on to takeaways? Yep. Okay. Go ahead. Do you want me to hold the baby? Uh, Takeaway one. Uh, be entertaining. So this is my actual takeaway. This this movie did entertain me. Mm -hmm. um, there was nothing that really made me go, this is stupid mm -hmm. or I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. No. So it yeah. felt like. Are you was, saying they did the pacing okay? I was trying not to say pacing. Yes, <laughs> the pacing is actually good. Um, you know, I mean, they got the beats right for me. Yeah, I, mean, I agreed, and for me too. Which we have similar tastes in movies, yeah. but still, I mean, it was. I mean, it's not over. Well the, done. I mean, it, there is a lot of action, but there's nothing like really stupid where it like jumps like ninety feet or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Or you know, it's more realistic. I mean, we yeah, know how volcanoes erupt, and that's pretty much how it would happen. Just the timing of it was probably changed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how like super scientifically accurate it is, but it, there's nothing really crazy that took me out of the movie like a lot of other things can, where things are yeah. too ridiculous actiony or nothing happens and you're bored. Yeah, exactly. This doesn't that didn't happen to me in this movie, mm -hmm. which is good. Yeah. So there, there wasn't a lot of extra filler stupidness. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't imagine how many any scenes they would just cut. Because like a lot of time I'm like, they could just cut like half an hour from this movie. Yeah, and that's so not like this movie. It's very well trimmed already. Yeah, so. Is there anything about the movie you don't like? But, oh, yeah. Takeaway number two, your robot is stupid. Oh. <laughs> Nolan made several comments about it, but it was the 90s. It doesn't matter. The robot couldn't walk down, walk on a street, let alone down a cliff. That that model, that type of robot. Maybe that's the only thing that really took me out of the movie. And said the zero, 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 zero didn't take that, you that's out. That's now, like now that I'm clinically examining it, because before I never noticed, really. I did. Oh, my yeah. heavens. I have brothers that wrestled and like yeah. you know, always did push-ups and things like that. And so I, and my dad taught me the correct form for a push-up when I was a kid. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the robot thing. The yeah, that one. was absurd. Yeah, I remember watching that first time and they're like showing different elevations. Like it's like different levels of steepness depending where the camera was. So like if the camera's up and looking down, I'm like, there's no way the robot did that on its own. Yeah, it would have But fallen when you're over. watching it, it's like almost level, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And because like it falls down and and Terry, Terry, Harry, Terry has to go down. And Jerry, Jerry, Gary, Gergich <laughs> um, has to climb down after it. And he's climbing over all these boulders that are as big as he is. And the robot somehow made it down them with its yeah. little stick legs. Yeah. And he has to go off of his rope to make it and use, you know, yeah. gripping. Uh huh. Yeah. And then like the robot that's like, meep, 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 meep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All the way down. So yeah. uh, that's, you know. A minor point, really, because it doesn't matter. I was like, why don't you just use a drone? Yeah, no kid. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was like, where, why don't you have a drone? Oh, my goodness. You guys are so retarded uh, because drones didn't really exist back then. Not They could have. They have remote control airplanes and helicopters. They did, but nobody really. I, people did actually put um, 
cameras on them. Yeah, you know, so, I but... mean, drones are kind of like a new thing, but they're not really that new. Cause no, it's not new technology. Maybe the thing that's new about them is they're electric now, instead of, like, running on gas like some of the older ones. Did, yeah. Because batteries are better now. They're much better, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> like, just use a drone. All you want is sensors on stuff. Just draw, you know, have a little helicopter drop some sensors off. Stop being weird. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, okay, so my takeaways? Yes. Have fun, number one. Mm-hmm. They, you could tell that the filmers, they, they had fun with this, you know? They took pride in what they were doing. They made sure that every scene did something, you know? Mm-hmm. Every scene did at least two things. And that's kind of like my second takeaway. You make sure your scenes do two things. And then I was like, don't give characters unimportant personalities because i just i like i said earlier i just felt like it was pointless and they weren't consistent with it yeah and i'm like that's true to life i mean she could be that responsible and then act like a child so her being childlike was normal. yeah yeah but i mean the movie you only have the opportunity to show a little bit of who a person is yeah and they should have just been consistent with it yeah I mean, something we've talked about being one-dimensional. Sometimes characters just are one-dimensional because that's all you have time to see. Exactly. And they have a job to do. And as and long just as it's like a plot. Yeah, device. as long as it's not forced and it seems natural that they would do the thing that the one thing that they're doing, then it doesn't really stick out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like how they, Graham's personality works because we see him, he's hanging on the mine, the mine's dangerous, then the mine ends up saving them. So it's not Deus Ex Machina. But Lawrence did feel pointless to me. Um, my next takeaway is don't name your characters Harry. <laughs> don't name your Harry characters Harry. I hated the name Harry when this came out. I hated the name Harry Potter. I still dislike the name Harry. Though I, I know there are very respectable and good people in the world named Harry. But it does count against you. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's awful. <laughs> no one's like, what? That's what you're saying. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm just saying Harry is... I don't care. It's I'm being flippant. It doesn't matter. I'm just it matters though. <laughs> just joking. Okay, so my real takeaway, thank you, Nolan, is foreshadowing. We had some really good foreshadowing. The climax, uh, everything was foreshadowed ahead of time. Um, so when make your climax good, separate your characters, foreshadow seed in their saving ahead of time. And hurt your characters, don't make it easy. So I just, I feel like this movie is well put together, well thought out, you know. And it's it's more realistic than Volcano. I would agree with that. Even though, I, like I said, I do enjoy Volcano. Though I think that one thing about Volcano that really annoys me is how helpless his teenage daughter is, you know. Where these characters, Lauren and Graham, are much younger. You know, she's like 17 and she's holding a teddy bear in, in pajamas. And She's 17? I don't know. She looks 17. How old would you say she was? Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe At she's most. 12. But still, I'm like, I felt like, you know, she's being, she was acting way more childish than Lauren, you know? Oh, you mean the other one? Oh, the other movie. Oh, I don't know. Graham. I mean, in Volcano. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Oh, so you're saying, no. I, mean, I think you meant in, in this, this movie. movie. Graham like... is about 12. I'd say Lauren's probably eight or nine. Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> Maybe 10. Well, baby's getting active, and that was my last takeaway. Um, do you have any final comments, closing remarks? No, it's a, it's an enjoyable movie. It's been around for a while. It should be easy to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Watch it. Be entertained. Be entertained, he says. Yeah, be entertained. Yeah. It, it's not terrible. It's not ridiculously long or you feel like it's dragging on. Like they just put si- scenes in there for no reason to spend their special effects infinity budget that they have or anything like that. Yeah, no, I agree. How long is the movie anyway? If it's more than an hour and a half, I'd be surprised. An hour and 45 minutes, I'd be surprised. Okay, because, I mean, let's see. I'm going to find out really fast. It is 
an hour and 48 minutes. Okay. So three, three minutes. minutes yeah. But still, every minute of it is being used. It's useful. You know, it's, it's not an wasted space. Movie. Yes, it's an efficient movie. Yeah. Nowadays, two and a half, every, all blockbusters are two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes, and at least half an hour to an hour of yeah. garbage. And what's really weird is nowadays people have shorter attention spans, so you'd think that they would be trimming those movies more than they are. Yeah, we can just watch things on Netflix and binge watch. We don't have to go to the movie theater for three hours to see a movie. Yeah. Uh, if you make it good, make it good. Make it as exciting as your three hour movie in an hour and a half and I'll be happier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you'll spend less money. Yeah. And you'll get it done faster. You don't have to worry about all that post. Yeah. So. Well, there you have it, folks. Go watch Dante's Peak. Let us know if you, what you think about it. Oh, the, um, what was it? Gra or Harry's a meteorologist, Volcanologist. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, corrects a Geologist. Her. Geologist. He's like, no, I'm a Volcanologist. Volcanologist. And I'm like, oh, I'm Volcanologist. Pinky out. No. <laughs> Pinky out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Anybody would call... Nobody knows what a volcanologist is. Nobody ever talks it feels about like that. That's a geologist. It feels like that's a subset of geologists yes. anyway. Yeah. Like you have to be a geologist before you can be a volcanologist. Yeah. So him saying that, he's like... Huh. No, you're hey, like, wrong. I'm not a doctor. I'm a cardiologist. And you're like, yeah. oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. That's actually a great analogy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you? Uh, at, uh, at Art with Nolan on Instagram. I am currently doing a retrospective of episode one artwork. Nice. Both used and unused. In and the show? You mean the, the artwork movie. that they did not use? And they some of it use? they used and some they did not. Uh, some of it I wish was used in the way that they sh showed it in the art in book? the picture because yeah. it's like battle droids like running and like doing stuff other than standing around getting cut in half by by a Jedi Jedi yeah um, so you know I was like what that would have been more interesting if they were actually dangerous <laughs> instead no, of comic kidding. relief okay. um, so yeah I'm doing that I'm going I'm just posting up some pictures so uh, there's an update yeah that's well, an update yeah. <laughs> no one's been using his Instagram account. I haven't posted on my Instagram account or yours in like a month. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been uh, messing around with that. Um, just posting up some of the interesting things that I, you know, think are, I don't know, make their, make like, I wish this was in the movie or if this was in the movie and it was cool. And, you know, like talking about some of the artists that mm -hmm. are in it, like Doug, Doug Chang and, you know, people that are, uh, I like, I admire their work both yeah, inside yeah. and outside of Star Wars. So yeah, that's what I've been posting about for the past couple weeks. Good. It's also on Twitter and Facebook. Okay, so um, you can find me on the book. Actually, you can't really find me on the book, but promotions more group. I haven't. We ha we have a baby. <laughs> My life is is take care of the kids and work on book stuff, writing and stuff like that. So I haven't done a whole lot of posts in the bookbub group. And those of you who are in there, you've probably noticed that. Um, but. You yeah, send me an email. I'm actually fully caught up on email now. So if you do email me, I will I will get it pretty quickly. So Andrea at selfpopestrong.com. And let's see our schedule for the next little while. This this one's going. Oh, yeah, sorry we didn't do um the movie we said we were going to do. Oh, what movie did we say we step up? Step up. That's we right. I forgot we about that. Find the we, we couldn't find the disc. So one of these days, we're going to do like episodes for all of the DVDs that have gotten lost. So like the Ghost of Mr. Chicken, Step Up. We found that one somewhere. Did we find it? I did at one point. Okay, so... We did yeah. a lot of moving of furniture, so... Yeah. So we found a bunch of missing ones. Anyway, yeah, we couldn't find Step Up. So we will find that and then do that one. Um, but this one's going live on 
the first of August. So the week after that. So, um, depending on how things go, we are going to do, we have two episodes where we're going to do abduction with Josh for, as he's going to be a guest podcaster with us. And then if we can find step up, we will do step up. And then the third week of August, which is going to be the fourth Thursday of August, we are doing Pacific Rim one and two. One and or two. One and two with Graham. Uh, you were in bed already when Graham and I decided to do that. So, um, as an FYI to Nolan, we're going to do, you both do movies behind together. my back when I'm asleep with another man. Yeah, I or I schedule our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that you're a planner and a scheduler too, because you appreciate me planning. <laughs> anyway, and then we'll probably do another marketing episode um, towards the beginning of September. And we are due for another Patreon suggested movie. So if any of our Patreon supporters have um, suggestions, please let me know for your uh, podcast and interview or whatever. My mouth has been talking too much. (laughs) It's done today. Anyway. Yeah. Give us a suggestion, yo. Okay. So baby, do you want to say goodbye again? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was was funny. (laughs) He did. Okay. Um, All right. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.